0: going on everyone thanks for tuning in to the mac and fish podcast i'm coach mckinley roll i'm here with my co-host charles Fishbine, better known as fish, fish what's up what going on? i'm doing great <laughs> he's so excited man he's got his boy I, on today hey I jumped
1: on you man there
0: a- hey tell us a little bit about lee sterling man uh, you know i went
1: to a high school game uh i believe a columbus game a few years back probably about six seven years ago and um he, while I was standing on the sideline, a friend of his son played for Columbus and, you know, he, he knew that I did recruiting and he goes, Hey, can you check out this guy? Uh, I checked the kid out. I helped him out, you know, with his evaluation and everything. And ever since, me and Lee became friends. But, you know, I do have one great story uh, about Lee and <laughs> knew this was coming. <laughs> uh, uh lee, lee decided to invite me to a christmas party like two years ago that was the biggest mistake he should have just I it was thanksgiving.
2: thanksgiving
1: yeah thanksgiving you don't invite me to you know a house crashing party and um you know i showed up at his house with my wife in a big pickup truck and i'm like hey anyone know where lee's at you know and lee's had bad luck with some of the guys he's helped out with picks and stuff and everybody got quiet. I mean, Lee got <laughs> quiet. His wife was like, oh, my God, who's this guy? And then I'm like, hey, it's Fish. And he goes, oh, all right, all right, come inside, come inside. And he was just flipped out. My wife was laughing. I, it's, Lee got speechless. And this is a guy that doesn't get speechless, all right? He got real <laughs> quiet. He's hiding behind his, you know, Mercedes or whatever else he had out there. You know what, here Here's the deal.
2: Have you ever seen a Jewish guy bu- driving a pickup truck? No, it just it just doesn't fit. No, he has to understand his pickup truck is jacked up. He has to get on. He needs a steps for to get yeah. in.
1: Oh man, so oh, yeah, that's man. that's my Lee story. And hey, let's get ready to roll here.
0: All right, so 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 Lee has a little specialty as far as in picking games, pretty much, right?
1: Yes, that's what he does, man.
0: Okay, okay, all right, well, good stuff, man. Well, Lee, great to have you on the podcast. Thanks. Um, gonna run through a couple questions. Uh sure. First one: over and under total uh, for Miami is seven games.
2: Yeah. The University of Miami or the Miami Dolphins? So I think U- the both University of Miami. I think they're gonna win eight. I, I, you know, if they win only seven games or go six and five. I think Manny Diaz should be fired. I just got to be honest. The ACC is not very good. Outside of playing at Clemson, every game is winnable, and they probably should win, you know, maybe, okay, I can see maybe losing to North Carolina and one other team. Anything short of an eight-and-three season is is a disappointment. I mean, it's not like you're playing in the SEC. So I think he did a miraculous job recruiting this past year. Uh, looks like the next class could even be better, which is amazing after losing to Louisiana Tech, losing to FIU, and maybe the worst performance of all was the Georgia Tech game. I mean, that game was, was unwatchable. So I, I, here's what's crazy is I think the offense is going to be pretty good this year. I think the defense is going to be the weakness. I think they've got a lot of pretty good players – But you need guys, you need difference makers. And when I look at things, I'm a former college quarterback. I look at how one team's strength attacks another's weakness. Obviously, the quarterback, the most important guy on the field. Believe it or not, the next two most important guys are the two defensive tackles when you play a 4-3. Because they stop the run, and if they get enough push up the middle, it makes it real easy for the defensive ends. So if you don't have a defensive line, you don't have a chance. And that's what Miami hasn't had. I think everyone talks about all these other guys. I think it's defensive tackle. Until they get elite guys, they're not going to be able to be elite. I think they should win at least eight games. Uh, they'll prob- I don't see them winning nine. I, I, I just think they're going to lose to Clemson. They'll lose to North Carolina. They'll maybe lose to one other team out there. But I think they should be improved. But I'm a little concerned about the defense. And I've told people this from the start, even when Manny got there as defensive coordinator. Even when Manny was there, they really never stopped any real good offense. They might have beaten some named teams like Notre Dame, but Notre Dame didn't have an offense. Virginia Tech didn't have an offense when they were good a couple of years ago when they beat, uh, Miami beat them in, 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 in Dolphin Stadium, So, or now named Hard Rock Stadium. So I think they're improved. If he can somehow piece together at least eight wins, I don't think Blake James has the guts to fire him at seven and four. But he should be fired at seven and four or six and five. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be fun. I think King's going to be really good. Uh, I just don't think that their defense is that good. And I think we might have some forty-two, thirty-five ball games.
1: So you push this over over seven wins for those that. I think they'll win. Uh-huh. They might
2: have to struggle. All
1: right, <laughs> first game out they play UAB. I you know we both got the chance to watch UAB. They came off a win against Central Arkansas, 45-35. Honestly, UAB pretty much dominated the game, minus you know, some turnovers that kept Central Arkansas in the game. Maybe they scored a late um, you know, touchdown. What is your prediction on the Miami game? They're favored probably about 14 or 15 points going into this game. Uh, can they cover that number against UAB this week? They should.
2: Now, I watched the game also. Johnson, the quarterback for, for UAB, you have two types of quarterbacks. You have a guy that has arms or a pusher he's a pusher pushes the ball out they throw underneath uh they're starting running back brown is good the backup's not bad but this is just a mediocre team back in the day Miami played this team they'd be favored by 31 they would win the game 48 to 10 if they don't win this game 35 to 10 35 13 something's wrong so uh I I just I'm watching the talent they, they, they just got to start taking care of teams like UAB. UAB is not much of – shouldn't be
0: much of a challenge here at all. All right. Manny Diaz enters his second season after taking over as head coach for Mark Rick. Uh, he, fixed, he, he fixed the entire offensive coaching staff by bringing in yeah. Rhett Lachey, Garen Justice along the offensive line, Rob Likens as the receiver coach. How much of a difference do you believe we will see with the offense in 2020? Night and day. <laughs> I mean,
2: <laughs> it just wasn't right fit what they had going on. I, I think, you know, even the receivers, I think you're going to see. I don't think any receiver is a great, but I think you're going to see a big improvement with the receivers. You know, they were running poor routes, um, the plays. You can't have an offense that's slow to develop when you don't have an offensive line. So mm-hmm. their offensive line was one of the worst we've ever seen. It, it kept rolling out a kid at a left tackle that it seemed like gave up like 35 sacks during the season. So if you're going to have young kids, a true freshman left tackle, you better get the ball out quick, and they didn't. It was just the absolute wrong offense. They didn't tweak it, and that's why they're gone. I, hey, look at SMU difference yesterday. You know, they have a new offensive coordinator. They don't look the same. You know, now they're all of a sudden – they're trying to, to run the football, and that's great if that's your identity. But uh, last year when, when he was there at SMU, you know, they were using the pass to set up the run, and, and they were almost unstoppable. So I think the offense, it's going to be – you might see people calling for the defensive coaches to finally get, uh, get let go and maybe some changes there. But I think the offense is going to be a whole lot of fun for Miami fans to watch.
1: You know, Miami's bringing in Deere King at quarterback. What type, what type of impact do you think he'll have on the offense this year?
2: Well, I, I don't think you're going to see games where, uh, you know, King's going to throw three or four interceptions in a game. They, they, when things went bad with the quarterbacks, I mean, they were just like in a, a funk. I mean, they could throw four interceptions, uh, you know, Perry or, 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 or Williams last year and a half, and, and the game was over. They had lost the game for him. You know, he just, the kid just gets it. Is he going to be a pro quarterback? I don't think so. But I think he's a real good college quarterback. He's a leader. He gets this offense. And uh, they haven't had it. You know, look at Mindy. When they were great uh, back in 2001, 2002, 2003, they had a quarterback. They had Ken Dorsey. Not that he was an NFL quarterback, but he knew how to, how to run that offense and, and how to get the ball to the right guys. And they had great defensive tackles. Finally, they got a quarterback, it looks like now.
0: All right, we're going to switch gears to FSU now. Um, last couple of years have not been good for FSU. Uh, with a new coach, new schemes on both sides of the ball, and a successful head coach at Mike Norvell at his last stop, what should be the expectations this year for FSU?
2: Well, there's another case. Look at, at Memphis last – in their game yesterday. They looked average. You know, uh, obviously they lost – Uh, Kenny Gainwell kid who's going to be playing the NFL probably be picked in the first two, three rounds. He decided to opt out, but, uh, you know, can't get any worse. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) mentally those kids had checked out and, and, and that's part of it. You get as a new coach. If you're a good coach, you can go from six wins to nine or 10 wins. I mean, they can make that much of a difference, believe it or not. You may not be able to, you know, play with a Clemson, but, uh, you know, in the, in the ACC, I mean, there's a bunch of average teams. I mean, we've seen the last couple of years teams like Wake Forest have good teams. So, uh, they're not in Clemson's level, but they've got enough players. Uh, James Blackman's good enough. They get a transfer in from uh, Texas A&M, Joshua Corbin, uh, Deshaun Corbin, and, and he's he's a home run hitter and terrier receiver. So, they have enough there. They've got a good defensive line. Uh, you know, they, they hit six and seven last year, just like Miami. You know they should end up winning eight games this year. Uh, anything short of eight wins, I'd be surprised. So I think they got the right guy. I think he's going to get the job done, but just might take a little bit of time.
1: Yeah, their over/under is seven and a half wins total for the year. So you're predicting that they'll go over that this year.
2: Yeah, I, I, I like him. I think that, you know, the only real weakness is the offensive line, and that's that's going to take some time. He's got to he's got to recruit there, and then you got to develop kids. Not many kids can come in as true freshmen. You know, you guys see it, you know, think of some of your guys, you know, at, at Dwyer who uh, are, are getting scholarship offers. Can you see them stepping in from day one and, and being productive? No, 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 <laughs> you no. Know,
1: you, you look at the quarterback position at FSU. James Blackman was named the starting quarterback this week. Can Norvell rely on him to win games? You've seen enough of them, or does he take pressure off of Blackman and rely heavily on the run game this year? Well,
2: you'd like to rely more on the run game and i think that's that's the game plan you know when he they, you get behind you know unless you're a really good quarterback it's it's tough to to you know uh, do what you need to do when you fall behind by you know double digit points and he's not that type of quarterback so i think he can do enough and and he's you know he's a really solid offensive coach that's where he's made his hay and i mean you look at Memphis what he did at Memphis Memphis may not have had the defensive players, but they could go out on anyone. And I'm telling you this, they could go and play Alabama last year, and they would have scored 24, 28, 30 points. Wow. Might have given up 60, but (laughs) they would would have been able to score 20 to 30 points on anyone.
0: Oh, Cam Akers, he leaves the NFL, he's playing for the Rams now. Uh, FSU brings in Jay Sean Corbin. Top-rated running back, transfer from A&M. Uh, you know, will he have success this year in Norvell's offense?
2: I think so. You know, it's 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 not a real t- tough offense to learn. It's it's an offense that's that's quarterback-friendly, and um, he just communicates with his quarterbacks. You know, he gets he's done more with less. You know, he keeps bringing in guys when he was at Memphis. You know, who were coming from other programs, and he turned them into stars. So. Why can't he do it with James Blackman? He's mobile. He's got a good arm. It uh, just needs to make a little bit better decisions and, and be in the right system. You can't keep asking quarterbacks, you know, uh, on third and 13, third and 15 uh, to be able to complete passes. And that's what we're doing. They were having, you know, their offensive line, it seemed like every other possession on first or second down, someone would run through, you know, and, and un- wouldn't even be touched. And, and, and hit a back, the running back in the backfield, and they lose four or five yards. And you just can't do that. And I just think he knows how to spread the field. And I just love his system. I think he's going to be really good at Florida State. And and recruiting wise, now having the advantage where these kids can't take these long trips to visit schools, this is the time. If Florida State and Miami are going to turn around, this you know Florida, you know they they they've always been good. They really haven't had many down moments, but you just, you got to take advantage of it. I mean, I'd love to see it. I think it would be great for the state. I mean, there was a time where uh, maybe, you know, they overlapped a little bit, but when Florida State, Miami, and Florida are good, then usually college football is very good also.
1: Now, you look at the impact of not having spring football. uh, It really hurt the FSU new coaches. Can they still, you still believe they're going to be successful this year being able to implement these new schemes on both sides of the ball?
2: Well, you know they've had a lot of time in the classroom, so you know you might see some 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 errors, you know, as far as just not being able to get the reps, and 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 that's what those are the types of things you'll see. And I think same thing with the NFL, you know, with no preseason games, you're going to see uh, some some pre-snap penalties. You're going to see some busts. Uh, it's going to take a couple weeks. It might take until the third game until you know, these college teams and the these NFL teams hit their stride. We've never seen anything like th- this before, um, but uh, good coaches, you know, they're able to overcome things like that.
0: All right, switching gears to uh, University of Florida now. Yeah. Uh, Dan Mullen, he went 10-3 in year one, 11-2 in year two. Uh, what are the expectations in year three? Well, I think there's a chance that they,
2: they beat Georgia and they win that side of the SEC. I mean – you know, they're recruiting now with everyone. Uh, it could be, you know, we talk about the greatest teams in college football now recruiting-wise. It's Alabama, it's LSU, it's Clemson, and Ohio State. And I, I just think that that, that he's going to be able to get his guys. You know, he's got a system. And, you know, he's in year, year three now. So he came over late. It was tough for him that first year to get a top recruiting class, but he knows what he wants. And you're always gonna, he's always going to have guys leave early. He had a few guys leave early for the draft. But uh, this year, uh, the problem is they only returned 12 starters, but they do a lot of young talent. So next year, I think the talent's going to be better. Might have to find that quarterback. Trask will be leaving. You know, he and uh, Emery Jones uh, have a nice little, you know, dynamic. I don't know if Emery Jones is the right guy to take him the distance. So I think he's got to find someone. Uh, that's going to be that guy. So next year, I think, you know, they're going to be even better. And two years from now is when they're going to, I think, be scary good. So, I mean, you know, they got guys like Xavier Henderson down from Columbus. The guy's a freak. The kid's a freak. I mean, uh, as a ninth grader, he's one running, running with his brothers and, and two other kids from Columbus. And they set, step, step, they win the state title, you know, and then the four by 100 meter uh, uh, relay. So, the kid is 6'4", He can jump out of the gym. Uh, they're getting guys like that, and uh, I, you know, I think Georgia had their little run. You know, this this might be it. Uh, J T. Daniels will do a nice job for them, and they've got a lot of good running backs. But I just think that Florida is uh, starting to get those guys that Georgia used to used to be able to steal from from Florida and in different parts of the country. So Georgia was up there with all those other teams the last four or five years, but I think Florida is going to. Gonna take over recruiting, and you gotta love Dan Mullen. Look what he did with Mississippi State. At one point, they ranked second in the country at Mississippi
1: State. Yeah, no, no doubt. And say so you basically believe that UF is pretty much the favorite to win the Eastern Division this year in the SEC. I don't think they're the favorite.
2: Probably, probably the co-favorite. I actually, I think I didn't. I think that Georgia's actually more of a betting favorite. But I, I think they're. You know, I think they're right there. Anything will happen. I think that's like a coin flip game. So, if they don't take them this year, I think they'll take them next
0: year. Well, um, talking about Dan Mullen, I think he's done a phenomenal job of developing quarterbacks over the years. Uh, what do you expect from Kyle Trask and Emory Jones this year?
2: Well, it, with Trask, it's about not making you know errors. And and you know he when when they started last year with with Felipe Franks, you know he throws three interceptions and. I think it was the first game or first game and a half. And that's just not his offense. And now I think Trask is more of his guy. Through 25 touchdowns, just seven interceptions. In any sport, if you don't beat yourself, you win the turnover battle. In college, and the NFL, you're going to win 75% of the games. And he's he's one of those guys that he'll throw it away rather than, you know, make the unforced error and, and give the other team the ball, you know, in, inside Gator territory. So you got to love what he's doing. And uh, I think he's the right guy. I just think that they just don't have enough talent and depth yet to play, you know, with, with, with the top teams in the country, the top, you know, four or five teams, but they're getting close.
1: Yeah, the win total for them uh, is eight, the over-under. I believe they only play ten games this year. Um, yeah. And they're, they're going to play all conference games and no out-of-conference games. So what do you feel like the win total is for them this year? Probably something I wouldn't
2: consider betting or, if anything, might even play the under. I think there might be a 7-3 and three team, you know, and, uh, you know, tough game. When you're playing all SEC teams, uh, you go 7-3, and three, that's pretty darn good. So, it wouldn't shock me if they actually went under, but are the best team, uh, you know, the best team in their conference and, and the best team in the state of Florida.
1: Well, Lee, Strong. it was great speaking to you today, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, how, how can uh, – you know, people that want to follow Lee Sterling and, and, you know, get some of your picks, how can they follow you? You have a Twitter page or uh, Facebook or any YouTube, Well, how can they follow you? Well, the best way
2: is to go to my website, ParamountSports.com. You can read about me. Played quarterback at Southwest Texas State, now Texas State in the early 80s when we won the FCS championship. And um, I, uh, you know, I just, there's people out there using fake names. I use my real name. I put on my my homepage, Fish has talked to me many times after some rough nights, and, and you know, I'm betting the games that I give all my clients. I'm not going to win every game or every week, but uh, I've been in business 27 years we've had 26 winning seasons. So, you know, I, I, I do the studying that the average person isn't going to do. Uh, an example, I used to go to a lot of spring games, and this year couldn't do it. So my focus this year kind of changed. I started looking at uh, junior college players. I've done it always, but – I was looking at junior college players uh, who would, you know, maybe make an impact. And, for instance, SMU had a kid yes, yesterday, uh, probably an NFL kid, number five, from Blinn Ju- Junior College, 6'1", 180. I think he caught, like, four balls for 71 yards. You're going to see that kid like that come on. So, um, you know, the average person, you know, they they don't know players. They don't know schemes. You know, there's there's a reason, like, for instance – you look at Alabama's head coach, uh, Nick Saban. Well, he's great playing, you know, the big teams. But when he plays teams like UAB, and he's laying 35 points, a lot of people don't realize that he's under 40% against the spread. Why? He's looking forward to the next game. He's going to get his starters out after three quarters. You'll see, like, against a team like UAB, he'll win the game 35-7, to laying 35 points, and, and that's important. So there's a difference – in coaching and handicapping and you know I, I look at all these things and i do all the work for you and like i said i've been very very successful so they want to check me out paramountsports.com or check out my twitter at paramount sports or they can even reach me call me 800-400-9741 800-400-9741 just don't show up in in a, in a, in a pickup truck and uh, uh patch out my lawn uh, my lawn
0: well, Lee, is that is that as far as you know because you know Fish has talked to me about the picking deal and I know he's got a dabbled in it or whatever yeah. but is that a skill that you've acquired or is that a talent that you've kind of built over the years? It,
2: you know what it, it's just, you know my father actually was a youth league coach a dentist but a youth league coach and actually coached my senior year of high school and it's, it's We used to sit there, he used to wager, and we used to, you know, you, know, you got to look at schemes, it, it's, and it's lines that are involved. For instance, like people betting parlays. I probably have played 10 to 12 parlays in my entire career of betting uh, like 35 years. And, and why is that? You're laying, you're trying to win, the odds on winning a parlay, winning, winning two 22 wagers, if you split both of them, win one or the other, or you lose both, you lose. The odds of winning are four to one. They're only paying you 13 to five in between two to one and three to one. So if, if you're, if you play enough of them, you don't have a chance. I mean, do they pay more than, than wagering straight up? Absolutely. But the problem is most people go one and one and, and, and you're a loser. So you have to look at, at, at it's, it's, you have to look at lines like in, in, The most important, there's four key numbers of betting, especially in the NFL, three, four, six, and seven. Over 50% of the games fall on those numbers. Mm. So if 50% of the the games, especially in the NFL, fall on that number, if you like a team, and let's say it's the favorite, let's say uh, New England's playing Miami. The line's actually six and a half, but let's say New England's favored by three and a half and you like New England, and you lay three and a half, there's a there's a decent chance that game's going to land on three, and you lose. So why wouldn't you wait a little bit longer at the right time of the week to get that line at three or two and a half? So there's plenty of times I like a game, but I don't like the line. You know, uh, For instance, there was a game yesterday, SMU. The opening line was 17. Had a feel for SMU, but the line moved all the way up to 24, 24 and a half. Bad line. So I didn't have any real, real strong opinion. So I waited the game out. Didn't play the game or give it to my clients. So, you know, there, there's things. There's math involved. You have to decide sometimes when you're looking at offshore, you're looking at an odds, okay, uh, New England's minus three, but it's minus 105. You're laying 105 to win 100, but you can lay three and it's minus minus. 110 or 115. So you have to use some math to figure out, should I wager at three or three and a half because of the juice? Because a regular wager or bigorage, a normal wager, you're laying 110 to win 100. If you win, you lay, wager 110, you win 100. If you lose, you're losing $110. That's how the offshore books or Vegas and uh, states, 24 out of, out of the 50 states now have legal gambling. And it's coming to Florida. It's going to happen. Uh, California is probably coming up next year. It's a huge state. Uh, it's close to here. Mississippi has it. But the key is once states get it, they have to have the mobile app. You don't make a whole lot of money. Believe it or not, a lot of people don't realize this. New Jersey takes in more money and wagers than the whole state of Nevada, Reno and Las Vegas. Why? Like Vegas and, and, and the state of Nevada, so many people live there, they have the mobile app. So people can go there, they sign up to a sports book somewhere, and anywhere they are, they can be anywhere in the state of New Jersey, and they can wager on that mobile app. They can be at a game, they can be at home, they can be on a computer and wager. So, you know, that's the key, about 83 to 85% of the money uh, when, when states have the mobile app is bet that way, and that's, that's where these states are going to be able to make up some money and make a whole lot of money off sports wagering.
0: Good deal, man. I, hey, I, I, I'm ready to go bet, you know. <laughs> well,
1: it's great that you educated on us. And Lee, you're welcome to come on at any time, man. Great. Well, thanks
2: for having me on, guys. Yes. Uh, thank you luck. so much. Good luck. Uh, any any word yet on, on if you guys are playing and, and when?
0: Yeah. So we uh Palm Beach is going to be playing probably November, uh, more than likely so. Um, they're kind of bringing that out slowly but surely, uh, but I I can't release the whole plan. But that okay. that's that, that's word on the street, you know. Okay. <laughs> well, Fish and I will have to
2: come up there and see a game. Absolutely. Uh, and, Anytime. And we'll get some
0: we'll get something to eat
2: afterwards, and and uh, you can watch us uh, as as we have a wager on one of the games on one of these <laughs> Friday night specials. All right. All right. Uh, sounds good. Sounds good. Okay,
1: I'll Take it easy.